the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 156 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your day to spend with us. We're on Twitter or X, at Justin Hughes 365, that's me. Andrew is at AMCQ82, and our Baseball Pod official account is at Baseball365Pod. On this week's episode, Andrew and I are taking a break from discussing the divisions, and we're going to talk about some steamer projections. As we mentioned last week, the 2024 steamer projections are out, and Andrew and I have each come up with five over-unders that we're bringing up here, and we're going to discuss the the over-and-unders for those players and should lead to some fun conversations and who knows maybe we'll even be able to get a 365 bet or two in here all right let's get andrew on and andrew i used to always ask you opening questions haven't done that as much since we booted back up next week's thanksgiving i thought and i know i've asked you thanksgiving post before or a question before but i and i thought i'd circle back but try something that i think is different and that is what's the best thanksgiving pie Pumpkin. No doubt. Yeah, I'm with you on it. Is it? I know you're not. You're a much more of a savory over sweets guy. So I like me personally. I've got to have a little piece of pumpkin and a piece of pecan. Do you just straight up pumpkin? No. Nothing else. Uh, I, I don't. I'm not, I don't like pecan. But no, I can eat. I can. I'm not a picky eater. I can eat like anything pretty much, but um, my favorite, probably my favorite pie there is, is pumpkin pie. I, I love it. Yeah, it's delicious. You know, I work for Little Debbie, and we actually came up with a pumpkin pie that we were selling as individuals this year in gas stations. And man, we, those things were a hit everywhere. I actually just had a friend text me this morning. She, is asking me to get her 22 of them for her because she signed up to bring those to her little class, her daughter's class this week. Pumpkin, nice. little bitty pumpkin pies. They're delicious. How was that? Uh, how was that ice cream? By the way, I meant to ask you. Oh, the Christmas tree cake ice cream. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah. amazing. The little, yeah. yeah if there we go. I don't think did we ever even talk about that on here? I think we did. Didn't no, we? no, I don't think so. So I work for Little Debbie, and they we have all kinds of ice cream flavors now with a company called Turkey Hill that um, we came up with a licensing agreement with them, and they sell a lot of different ones. And, yeah, I'm a nut for the Christmas tree cakes by Little Debbie, and they've got a Christmas tree cake ice cream that they come out with at this time of year too. And, yeah, that thing's having. I'll just leave it at that. It's <laughs> yeah, it looked, looked pretty good. I have to try it. Yeah, just don't pay attention to the carton and what you're actually taking down in terms <laughs> of the n- nutrition stuff because – yeah, it's a lot, but if you do it every once in a while, it's not so bad. Yep. All right, Andrew, we got five steamer over-unders that you came up with, I came up with. So we got ten players we're going to be talking about here. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to? I didn't ask you that yet. Uh, you can start. Okay, we're That's doing fine. a back and forth. I'm going to do one, then Andrew's going to do one. And in that case... I'm going to start off with a guy who we talked about before when we talked about the AL East, and that is Tristan Cases. And I, I, Andrew, I think I've asked you this at least two or three times. Is it Cases or Cases? I never remember. As as far as I know, it's Cases. Oh, gosh. 
One of these days I'm going to get that down. So, anyways, in his first full year as a starter, he hit 263, 367 on base, 24 home runs in 132 games. And right now, his steamer projection is a 259, 367, 490 triple slash with 27 home runs. And I want you to tell me over under 27 home runs this year. Uh, I will take the over. Okay. You feel like pretty clear, pretty confident in that one? Oh, uh, yeah, actually. I, I mean, assuming health, a lot of these, of obviously, it's just going to come down to health. But, uh, yeah, I, I definitely feel like 27 or, you know, call it mid-20s, whatever, is a projection. It's a conservative projection. You know, a, a lot of projections just in general are – I feel like they're pretty conservative. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like this one is. Um, I, I'll be totally honest. This is a guy I I could see hitting forty five. Like it wouldn't even, it wouldn't even surprise me that much. Obviously, that's not a projection, you know. But if you're talking like range of outcomes and things that could possibly happen, wouldn't shock me if this guy just became Matt Olson. You know what I mean? Something like that. But. Um, it's 27 for a reason. Obviously, he's got a ways to go, but yeah, I would over it. I'm with you. I'd take the over, you know, and he struggled in the first half in his first real, you know, in his first real run in the majors. I mean, he had a brief run at the end of last year and had nine home runs at the end of June. I was looking through that earlier today, which was 71 games. Then he just feasted in the second half. Post All Star break, he had three hit three seventeen with fifteen homers in fifty four games. That'd be a hundred and eighty at bats. Now, uh, I'm not projecting a three seventeen batting average by any means, but I do believe the power is going to be fantastic. I'll definitely over that thirteen um, percent bail rate, really good launch angle, average exit velocities in the top quarter of the league. Had a one thirteen on his max X exit velocity so yeah I like what I see and I'm with you I think again you never know with health but assuming he could play 140 plus games I would be projecting well over like I'd be projecting over 30 so yeah I think he's gonna be like the the popular breakout first baseman um once we get towards February and March I just Everything kind of lines up. The team context is good. He's young. He's got pedigree. He's got a ton of power. And it's kind of all there. He's just got to do it, you know. So, but yeah, I think he's. I think it's going to be really trendy and probably uh, push his ADP up as we kind of move towards those months. You know, February, March. Right now it's at one hundred and seven. I just looked it up because I was curious and I hadn't. When you said that, I was like, I wonder where it's at right now. Yeah, I, I think that could keep going up do you think you'll have many shares of him just like i think i'll have yeah i think i'll have some yeah i i didn't get him in either i this one i was kind of uh i think i was gonna take him right you know he went a few picks in front but but yeah i think i'll have shares yeah okay who's your first guy so my first guy is also a young player coming off of I don't even think he was considered a rookie. No, I don't think he played enough to be considered a rookie. Should be next year. 
Yeah, he's uh, still rookie be, eligible next year. Yeah, for sure. yeah, that would be uh, Jordan Lawler for the Diamondbacks. So we're going to do a best of three, as we've kind of done in the past. I'm going to give three categories, and you know, if you think he'll go over in two or two out of three, you know, so the over is over in two out of three. Under would be under in two out of three. Two thirty four batting average. This is his steamer projection. Two thirty four batting average, ten home runs. 17 stolen bases. Best of three. You know, the two, um, right off the bat, I'd say, you know, it does feel like they've gone the conservative route, given the fact that right now he's penciled in on roster resources, their starting shortstop. But I'm not confident that that's going to be the case at the end of this offseason. I like, I, I don't know if the bats are going to be there. I really question whether he's starting the year as their shortstop. And I can play devil's advocate here for either side. He struggled early in 2023 in AA, but turned it on after a first few months. And he did play only 16 games in AAA, but that's in Reno and the PCL at Extreme Hitters Park. And they might have wanted to get him out of there quickly. And maybe they don't want him back there for that reason. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm skeptical enough that they'll give him the job to open the year and that he'll perform immediately given they're a team that just was in the World Series and prob- is hoping to contend next year. I'm going to be conservative with projecting them and I'm going to take the unders. Even though that they're conservative, I think that I'm, I don't know if the playing time will be there. So I'm going to take the under. What about you? Would you, would you under all three? Um... I mean, I would probably say over one, under two, and I don't know which one that is. Yeah, yeah. That That's the way I'd do it. Like, maybe he gets there on one of them. So I don't think it's like some extreme thing. And it honestly wouldn't surprise. Like, he's got a wide range of outcomes next year. He really does. I could see him getting 130 at-bats and not playing much at all, mostly playing in double-A, triple-A, wherever. And he could also get 600 at-bats and be an all-star. Like, I think anything's possible with him. Yeah, I I think I'm going to take the overs. I I wouldn't overall three necessarily, but I think for me, I'm, I'm actually more wondering about the performance mm-hmm. than I am the playing time. Yep. Because I think, I personally think he's going to play. Uh, I just don't think that they have enough like they're obviously a really good team but at those like at that position it's like what else what else are they going to put there Geraldo Perdomo (laughs) I mean maybe yeah but I I don't really think that they're like out to block Jordan Lawler either really Mm -hmm. so um I actually do think he's going to play and I think that as we stand right now, I think it's more likely that he struggles mm-hmm. upon even while playing than he just doesn't play. But I mean, it's a long off season. We'll see. Uh, I did. I do though. It's like, I looked at these numbers and I just don't feel like, like you said, they're, they're just so conservative. Um, I think I would take the over in the batting average and I think I would take the over in the, in the home runs. I think the steals are about right, but it's more to do with the numbers just being 
so conservative. I mean, it's it, yeah, it's ten home runs. You know, I I don't I don't feel like that's too far fetched. It, seventeen steals, I think, is pretty in line. Um, that could even under, but yeah, I think two thirty four and ten home runs. I'm probably overing. I like I said, I I agree with you on the range of outcomes thing. I I could see it going a lot of ways for him. I've seen guys already talking about him being a steal and a breakout candidate, and I do think he's a breakout candidate. Oh yeah. But I also think that it could just be kind of a slow burn. Somebody that isn't, even though as good of a prospect as he is, doesn't necessarily just blow the doors down right when he gets there. I mean, he kind of was that this year in a sense. I know it was limited at bats, but um, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. I think I would take the overs, but just because of where they're at uh, projection wise and I think he's going to have a role, but we'll see. We will see. He's going to, within 10 picks of Zach Nito. Who would you rather have next year if you're doing a draft of that spot? Oh, that's a good one. Is it really that close? 277 for Lawler, 286 for Nito. Uh, probably the one that went after the other one, honestly <laughs> because well in both of mine that uh netto went after lawler mm-hmm. but yeah i think it's i think it's close i think you could make the argument for either one yeah i would take in a well this is the way i'd say it in a redraft league maybe i would take lawler like where you're actually you know 30 man rosters or whatever as compared to the draft and holds i might be a little more likely to take nito in the draft netto in the draft and holds just because i you know the playing time i feel a little more safe with but it you it's it's an interesting debate and that'd be a fun one to circle back to yeah definitely okay so my next guy is luis robert uh 145 games this last year he had a fantastic year with 38 home runs 20 steals 264 batting average and his 24 steamer projections is 33 home runs and 19 steals 266 batting average um so yeah the best of three there on 33 homers 19 steals 266 man this one's tough i think i would take i would take the over on the steals. Um, sure, on the homers. Like I'm thinking something like 27 and 21, mm-hmm. something like that. And then you're 28 and 21. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's weird because with Robert, I think the inclination is always to just think he's a free swinger. He's gonna, you know, strike out a lot and probably not hit for a good batting average. But he's got a, he's a two seventy nine career batting average in yeah. fifteen hundred plate appearances. Um. And it's some to do with just he he runs high BABIPs, you know, um, generally speaking. So all that said, 
you know what? Give me the under. I'll take under two out of three. I think it's close, though. I, I think the batting average is, like, right there. Like, I could go pretty much either way. But, yeah, I'm going to take the under two out of three. And I could it could be the wrong <laughs> – the wrong two out of three. I, I actually feel like with Robert, he could blow 19 steals away. Mm-hmm. Like if he really wanted to, or if they wanted him to, you know, they may need to generate runs. They're terrible. Whatever. They're, they're going to be terrible. You know? So they might even be more willing. But then again, they were terrible last year. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to say exactly. It, I feel like with steals more and more, <laughs> it's like good luck guessing what guys are going to run and who's not going to run. And, Man, I feel like there were so many instances this year where it's like you could point to two different guys and be like, this guy stole nine and this guy stole 40. And it could like flip next year or be the same. And you like can't even, it's just hard to predict. I feel like it's really hard to predict. But yeah, I'll take the under. What do you, what do you got on Robert? Yeah, it's under for me. And if you told me he was playing 150 games, I'd probably over it. I hate betting against health, but Robert's one I'll bet against the, this year. Just two years in a row of getting hamstrung by injuries. If he goes out and plays another 145, 150 games, I think he'll beat this mark, but I just want to see him do it again before I'd um, project or be willing to pay the cost for him that, you know, he where he's going. And, you know, I, I wanted to lump him, like, in here and say that I feel the same for steamer projections for Mike Trout, Aaron Judge. Steamer tends to not discount players who continue playing partial seasons, which Roberts doesn't have as well. You could say the same with Judge also. Like Judge was healthy for two the two previous years before this year, but Robert he had you know combined to play I think what is that 166 games the previous two years before this year. Um, and meanwhile, um, going back to Trout, you know, he's projected for 146 games and 37 homers. Last time Trout played 140 was 2018. So I'm I'm going off some side tangents here because I just think that, you know, Steamer, that the one of the areas they go that I just don't know, it's hard for me to agree with, is players with track records of injuries. So anyways, um, I'm going to bet against, you know, Robert here. And it's mostly health. But if you told me he was, if you felt more confident in the health that he'd be out there playing 150 games, I probably would over it. Yeah, I think there's, I think with Steamer, there's some flaw in their plate appearances and games projections. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if they tweak that as the offseason goes on, but there was somebody I was looking at. I could probably figure it out who it is. I'm not going to do it right now, but there was somebody I was looking at when we were kind of prepping for this and they were projected for over 600 plate appearances. And if I said the name, you'd laugh. I, like I said, I don't remember, but I, I just remember being like, that isn't happening. Like a hundred percent. That isn't happening. Well, I've got one just now that I just looked up that I uh, applies. And this is a guy who I've talked about really liking this. It's Stanton. <laughs> No, that was it's Byron Buxton. But yeah, oh okay. Five hundred twenty-six yeah. plate appearances for him. They're projecting. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, there was there was one. I want to say it was six seventeen, but I don't remember. It might not have been exactly that. 
But yeah, I just there's something something with that. I don't know, but um, should I move on to my yeah my next one here? So my next one is going to be Colorado Rockies breakout Nolan Jones, and I went with his home run total, which they have projected at twenty three. Would you say over or under 23 home runs for Nolan Jones? I'll take the over. And honestly, I didn't even hesitate much. I think he's earned some leash in Colorado. Uh, His savant page shows like a 94th percentile in barrel percentage. Like, it's impressive when you really look and see what he did and the underlying stuff. I think he's going to be in the upper 20s in homers. And yeah, I was pretty confident in this one. Like, I'm taking the over on it. So what about you? Yeah. I agree. I, yeah, pretty much everything you said. I mean, the playing time. I mean, he's he's their best player now. Uh huh. It's so. And they don't have people. I mean, that's not saying that's not saying much, I guess. But (laughs) but, um, yeah, they. I mean, he's gonna play. He's really a lot of a lot of good things with him i mean i've i always kind of liked him as a prospect but mm-hmm. now it's like this perfect marriage of the walk rates and cores and you know budding power some speed the speed did surprise me a little like him stealing 20 that was he actually stole 25 between mm-hmm. the minors and majors but yeah 32 home runs this past year between the minors and majors and 23 seems that's another thing with that I've noticed with steamer. I feel like they ding younger players or they're just, they're just way more conservative on younger players. Yep. Unless it's, unless it's somebody like Julio or Corbin Carroll, but you know what I'm saying? It is just like a, a regular good, not great young player. The same, the same type of player. If he's 32, has a seems to have a stronger projection a lot of the times I feel like Agreed. at least with steam at least with steamer and they're looking at the track record like the, I think they will go off track record more and the younger guys they'll be more cautious unless it's again one of those top top uber prospects who has already been up and shown a lot in the previous at the end of the previous year yeah but I say that well I guess Nolan Jones wasn't an uber elite prospect but he showed a lot, though. Yeah. Yeah, he was a good one, but maybe not elite. All right. Who's my next guy here? My number three I have is Jordan Montgomery, who in 2023 had 188 innings pitched, 10 wins, 166 strikeouts, and a 3.20 ERA. And his steamer projection this year is 108 for this next year is 185 innings, 12 wins. 169 strikeouts and a 3.94 ERA. We're just talking ERA here. Over under 3.94. Oh, it was only the only the ERA, huh? Yep. I was looking at the whole. Uh, I was glad you didn't say wins because yeah, he's I, a free agent. He's a free agent, right? Yeah, I don't want. Yeah, he is a free agent. I don't want to mess with wins. I mean, I really don't want to mess with wins with any of these. Even though some of them, I mean. You know, if you're on a good team, you're probably going to get more, but it's even harder with him for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. Some of it may be affected by where he goes, yep. but I 
Don't feel strongly about it, but I will say I'll take the under slightly. I'll say like three eight. So you're you're thinking you're you're thinking it's pretty close then. Yeah, pretty close. He's three sixty eight career and FIP and XFIP right in line pretty much with that. Um I do think it's close. I could see him being like a low fours too, but yeah, I'll take the under slightly. You know, he's a guy the last three seasons had an ER an expected ERA on uh, baseball savant at four oh six, four even and four oh four. Those are his last three seasons of ERAs. And his ERAs during those years are three eight three, three four eight, and three point two oh. And I I you know the there was a guy that came to mind whenever I was writing this up and it's like some pitchers are out there that just have a better ERA than expected ERA that they have or a, a better ERA than the expected ERA. Kyle Hendricks is one that kind of came to mind. Doesn't strike out many batters, but just has ex- excellent command and control and they just get the job done. And I feel Montgomery's another one of those arms. He's a, and he's a good bet to pitch deep into games, gives you a lot of innings. So the strikeouts are not great, but even the strikeout totals are not terrible. So yeah, I'm taking the under on that three nine four. There's always the caveat that if he goes and signs with Cincinnati, he ain't signing with Cincinnati. But if he goes to a team like that, maybe it's pushes a little harder. But I think even if he's in a neutral or even a non extreme hitters park, I think I feel pretty confident as long as he's not in one of those like five to six ballparks that are a little more scary. I honestly think he good chance he's back in St. Louis. I hear they're interested. Yeah, yeah, I I actually heard the Cubs mentioned too. I would yep. wouldn't mind that. That would Yeah, he's a solid pitcher. I could totally I could definitely see that for the Cubs. It seems to fit in well with that like that's a rotation of arms that are like Kyle Hendricks and um Justin Steele who guys who are not over a strikeout in inning that just are really good pitchers. I think he'd fit in really well there. I don't want to see it happen, but I think he'd fit in well there. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll go to my third guy, and it is uh, Leody Tavares of the Rangers. We're going to do another best of three here. Uh, they've got Steamers got him for 258 batting average, 15 home runs, and 15 stolen bases. So over under best of three. You know. Leody and I have a little bit of history on this podcast in either, I think it was either 2019 or 2020, whenever we were doing our position previews. And I said, Leody was Oscar Mercado version 2.0. And that year I was right. He was shipped to the minors by May, if I recall. And he bounced back, had a really good year this last year, 266 batting average, 14 homers, 14 steals. And his stat cast expected batting average was 270 to go with it. But I'm going to under this. Um, This next year, he's going to have more competition in that outfield, even if Texas doesn't add anyone this winter. Evan Carter's up. He's locked into a role. And why are White Langford's coming too? Adolis Garcia. I just don't... Like, Leody to me still isn't a... He's... He's a fourth outfielder. Like, I, that's what I still view him as, or a 
you know, starting outfielder on a average team, but on a team like Texas, I just I could see him being their fourth outfielder by midseason next year. He's not a great bar- he's not a great barrel percentage guy, subpart taking walks. That batting average has to stay up in like the 260-270 range or it could end up with a sub 300 on base. And with this org, I think that's a fourth outfielder risk for him. So, yeah, I'm taking the under. Your turn. Yeah, you uh you basically said every single thing I was going to say, so <laughs> I don't really need to say much else. I mean, he's definitely, at best, the fourth out, the fourth best outfielder in the organization. I mean, obviously, Adalas, um, Evan Carter, and Wyatt Langford. I mean, they're all three better than him. Um, and those three and are I- really good defensively to where, like, it's not one of those deals where you can DH one of them because Leody Tavares is so much better that you got to like, or is such a good defender that you got to keep him out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there could be at bats still available, even if those guys are up just, just from like, you know, they could platoon Carter. They mm-hmm. could use him at, they could use Leody or one of the other guys at DH. Um, who knows exactly? And I like I'm not saying that his at bats will just disintegrate, but I don't think it's that far fetched that they just disintegrate mm-hmm. either. I think he I agree he's a fourth outfielder on a good team. He's probably a starting outfielder on a bad team. Um but one of those guys that I could see like a bad April and he's in the minors. You know, it just wouldn't even wouldn't surprise me at all. Um yeah, I'm I'm totally with you here. Like they've just got better guys. They're a good enough team that they're, you know, you're going to have to perform. It just isn't going to be one of those. And he had a, he had a pretty good season. Um but you know, 14 and 14, 266, 98 WRC plus. I mean, he was even below average yep. as good of a year as he had, you know. So and yeah, like you said, I mean, barrels and all that are just not great. So, um, yeah, I'm with you on all that. I, I could see him, I could see his playing time just evaporating, like mid to late part of the year, maybe even early in the year if he struggles out of the gate. All right. Well, we're on the same page there, so we'll move on to my four. I was hoping. I felt pretty strongly. That was the one of the guys that I picked. I think I felt the most strongly. And I was like, I hope for some reason he likes him. But I know I'm like, <laughs> just, I'm like, Justin's too sharp to like Leone Tavares. I know that. Yeah, but I've, I, I got like, a history with him. Do you remember the Mercado thing? Uh, vaguely. Yeah. Vaguely. I remember us talking about Mercado. And yeah, I think I do remember you mentioning it now that you say it. But I wouldn't have like picked that out. Yeah, the, I, I like that was one of my pre- more proud calls because I, you know, Mercado the previous year, like two years before, it had the great year with, was it Cleveland? And then the next year he yeah. was terrible in the first month and he was in the minors the rest of the year. And that was the year that Leoti came up and played well. And then that, that next offseason, I'm like, yeah, I, I see the same thing happening here. And pretty much the exact same thing happened. So it was one yeah. of my better calls. So, yeah, well, Leoti and I, we've got some history. All right, um, MJ Melendez is my fourth guy here. Uh, we talked about Steamer having um, 
projections that are cautious, conservative. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, MJ Melendez in 23 hit 235 with 16 homers and 56 RBI. And even though he's young, they actually got a pretty big uptick in his 24 steamer here at a 241 batting average with 23 homers and 69 RBI. So we're going to do a best of three here over under. Uh, I think I'm going to go under across the board. I think I would under all three, most likely. At least two, though. Yeah, I'll take the under. This one might be our first one where maybe I can get a bet out of you. Because, yeah, I feel I feel I'm on the opposite side. So why were you taking the unders before I go into my spiel? Um, I don't know. I'm just, I just never really been a big fan. I think he more impactful, like when he was able to catch. And it's like, now that he, I think the whole like catcher to outfield thing is like throwing me off with him too. Um, I haven't dove into him a ton, but you think he's going to over 23 homers? Yes. Huh? I um when we talked about him a couple months ago, like before, like there was a show where he we he was discussed on here, and and before I started looking into him, I thought this is a guy I wouldn't want no part of. And then whenever we were talking, and I started looking at the underlying stuff, I'm like, man, I really feel like there's a breakout that could be coming here, like. You know what I see when I look at his line and I look at the underlying stuff with his barrels, his launch angle, everything? And this is a pretty bold comp. And I don't mean the current version of this player, but it's more about like this guy five years ago. But I, it reminds me a lot of Kyle Schwarber. And Oh, my God. Yeah. Maybe you think I'm nuts, and I'm. I'll not, take the under. I'm not. Ta- I'm not saying he's going to turn into Kyle Schwarber and start hitting 40 home well, runs here. MJ Melendez versus Kyle Schwarber home runs. <laughs> but That's what I heard you say. MJ Melendez had a 93.2 mile exit velocity, a barrel percentage of 11.4. Um, you know, good launch angles. He's he's not going to be a batting average guy. Which, by the way, neither is Kyle Schwarber. Never been. I I feel like he's at least kind of like a poor man's Kyle Schwarber to where I like I feel like there's some potential here. He's in Kansas City, which is a bad hitters park for trying to yoke home runs. I'll I'll admit that. But yeah, do you want to do a best out of three or do you want to take the over under on 23? I'll make the bet on it. I'll take the chance. Uh, let's do, let's do the, uh, the best of three. Okay. So we got two, 241, 23 homers, 69 RBI. You know, it's funny. I have him in RM1 and, uh, I just, I don't love that I have him. <laughs> I mean, cause just cause he lost, you know, losing the catcher. Yes. It's just, it's just now. It's a whole, you know, going from catcher to outfield in fantasy, it's, it's, I mean, it's like Dalton Varsho, you know, yes. it just goes from being elite. I mean, I, I think if Melendez was a catcher, oh, be. you know, you're, you're, you're talking about somebody who's really exciting, but at outfield, I'm just kind of like, you know, yeah, I don't sucks, like Varsho. 
I do wonder a little bit with Melendez if he could ever get the catcher back. Mm-hmm. Because uh, he's young enough and all that, but that'd be an internal decision that I haven't heard much on. But um, I do wonder that. I I do think that there's. I would think that would be a chance. I mean, without fully knowing, I guess. But yeah, I'll go. Uh, I'll go against you on that. I'll take you under. On it. Okay, best of three there. I've got it written down. I need to go get these posted in the three sixty five group because we got that one, and then we have the one that I'm pretty sure I'm losing with Churio versus um, Jackson Holiday that I made in just one time. So that, hey, we got two in now for twenty twenty four. What was that, anyways? I was, was going to ask who's you who's up I, first. I can't remember if I bet on who's who's up first. I think it was, it was who's, who's up, up first. first. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's still used to. Still you could, could still win that, yeah. Yeah, because we've said Jackson Holiday or, you know, Jackson Churio could be up opening day if he goes out there and has this huge... Yeah, it's going to come down to spring a lot. Yeah. All right, so who's your who's your next... Oh, wait, no. No, no, it is your turn. All right, who do you got next? So my next one is the speedster, Estery Ruiz. We're going to go with... His stolen base projection of 47. And, yeah, would you take the over or under? He stole 67 this past year in 132 games. It was really fun to look up Ruiz and, like, talk like that we're talking about him right after talking about Leody Tavares. Um, and I'm gonna. I'll get to my point here for in a second. We the only pair. The only pairing where Leody ha, would have more power <laughs> than the other than the other guy. <laughs> we all know Estery Ruiz is not a good major league baseball player. And if he and Leody Tavares switch teams, Ruiz is a fourth outfielder, maybe even a fifth outfielder. And I'm not even questioning the playing time for Leody Tavares in Oakland. But the A's are terrible. Their farm is terrible. The major league team is terrible. Their GM and management is terrible. And guess what about what I think of their owner, Andrew? Terrible. He's terrible. Maybe the worst. And that helps the value of Asturi Ruiz. I mean, we've seen this before with, you know, Mateo over the years, Jonathan VR. We just kept hoping that Jonathan VR would end up on bad teams and, because then he would play and he would steal a ton of bases. And Ruiz is not good, but in Oakland, he should be able to do his thing, which is steal a ton of bags. Now, I, as I say that, it's one heck of an empty steal stat line. I mean, I couldn't believe how bad it was when I looked at this. In 497 plate appearances this last year, it was a 254 batting average with five home runs, those steals, 47 runs scored and 47 stolen bases. So, is I think the four. I think the 47 runs and the 47 RBI. Oh, did are I say, even. I are, said runs and R, RBI. I think I said steals. So sorry. Yeah, no. For, I think the 47 runs and the 47 RBI are even more ridiculously bad than the five home runs. Uh huh. I want because no part of this just, guy. That is just crazy. For the cost, like I'd have to, like even if I'm, I've missed out on speed and I'm just in a desperate spot for steals. I don't know if I want to do it because you're killing yourself in three categories. Such, 
it's such bad team construction to draft this guy. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, we we all know he steals, but it's like you're hurting, you're actively hurting yourself everywhere else. And the other thing too that you get trapped into, we say it all the time, but it's like. If you have him and you just go, I'm good in steals, and then he gets hurt, mm-hmm. then what? You know, and that's that's the problem with drafting guys like Estuary Ruiz. It's not it's not that we don't want the sixty plus steals that he could possibly give you, or who knows, he could probably steal a hundred if you wanted to. But it's he'd have to get on base a hundred times, Andrew, and I don't know if that's yeah, possible. Right, right. But it's like the if he gets hurt and you've built around that, you know, you can see pretty quickly how, yeah, I'm with you. I don't really want a big part of him. Are you, d- does that mean you're taking the uh, over yeah. then on the steals? Yes. Or? I'm definitely taking the over. Yeah. Right? Like assuming health, obviously you can't, but um, like, there's no reason for me. I don't view him as an injury risk and yeah, I think he'll play and I think he'll get him. Yeah. I'm with you. I was hoping actually that you would take the under so we could, that was one you wanted to wager. <laughs> it really, it really is like, kind of like what you said. You know, it's just Oakland's probably going to be bad enough that they play him enough that he hits it. Um, and who knows how many years that'll go on? But yeah, he's. I, I think he should get it. And I went and looked at their farm just to make sure. Like, okay, there's nobody coming up that's like. There's not a bunch of people coming up that are like on the radar that could get him pushed down. And no. <laughs> Their their farm system is so bad that the, yeah I think he's got a clear shot for playing time. He might have it for a couple of years in that team, a couple more years. Yeah. Okay, wild. I've got one more here, and mine is Yandy Diaz, who hit twenty two home runs in twenty twenty three in one hundred and thirty seven games, and Steamer is projecting twenty one this next year, so over under twenty one home runs. Uh, I am going to take the under. Too many balls on the ground. Uh, most of his power was early in the season. Um, I don't have the splits in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that his 22 home runs, he probably hit 15 of those in the first half maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, um, if you ever if you ever give me a Yandy Diaz, and I actually like him as a player. Like, I just – I like that he gets on base and mm-hmm. you know when the when a guy like that is hitting at the top of the order for the Rays it's like it there's a reason for that you know like a smart organization like that they're not going to they're not going to put a guy at the top of the order that isn't a good player I think he's a good player um love his OBP skills obviously and all that but I'm probably always going to under his home runs I just what did he have? He had 13 in the first half, nine in the second. So I was a little off, but, um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take the under zero, zero in June. I guess he hit five in September, but yeah, here, here. Yeah. He hit five in September. He hit 12 and I'll actually take it a step further. And yeah, I was going to say in April and May, he hit 12 in home runs. So the yeah, first two months, more than seven games, he hit 12 home runs. Um, 
before 2023, his career high in home runs was 14 in 2019. Now, I will say that that was in only 347 player appearances, so that was actually pretty impressive there for Yandy. Um, but after those 12 home runs, it went back to like it was in previous seasons, 10 home runs over the remaining 90 games. And, you know, I fell for this with fellow bad launch angle guy, Eric Hosmer, another guy who I looked pretty bad on this podcast going into the 2021 season. I remember Scott Chu in the baseball 365 group. And I, I don't remember like, Scott Chu's with somebody now, isn't he? Doesn't he write for Prospects Live? Uh, Pitcher List. Pitcher List, yeah. He's a guy I remember saying in the group, he would say things like, we've seen this before with Hosmer and other players who hit the ball on the ground a lot. They show an uptick in a short stretch with the swing launch angle, hit some home runs, and then it goes back to normal. And I have to see Yandy hit 20 home runs again before I'm going to believe in that. And he has a, a, like, slightly above average barrel percentage Batted ball velocity is inc- is great. Launch angle's still not that good. So, yeah, I'm taking the under. I'm with you on that one. So, we're, we're, da- agreeing. we're agreeing too much. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got, we've only gotten one bet, and I think we've been on the same page on everybody yeah. else. Yeah. I mean, we didn't talk about it beforehand. So, it's actually kind of impressive because I know I was telling you, I was trying to pick guys that I didn't really know where you stood on or even where I stood on until I kind of did this. Uh-huh. So um, it could have been easily where we disagreed on all of them too. Yep. But. All right. Well, you got one more left. Let's see if we can get a disagreement yeah. here. My last one is I went with Xander Bogarts and I did his home runs plus stolen bases so he had last this past season 19 and 19 so 38 and this year he's projected for 32 with 20 home runs and 12 steals so over or under 32 home runs plus stolen bases you know of your five on this list this was the one that surprised me the most now i don't ha- i haven't had i didn't have any xander bogart shares this last year but I, I had to do some digging and, you know, I wasn't paying close attention. But, you know, being short of one short on the home runs and steals from being 2020, you know, that's pretty impressive. But I, I was like, why is he on this list? Like, it just didn't jump out to me and why. And then I looked under the hood and it isn't as impressive as the final stat line showed. It's the second year in a row that his barrels were down before 2022. It was in the eight to 9% range, which is around league average. And this last year it was in the 27th percentile. So I would like starting off with the homers. I definitely would under those 19 homers. Now the 19 steals are a little harder to guess on. Like as I was going through this process, I was like, everybody ran more in 2023 with the rule changes, including Xander. The 19 steals were the highest of his career, and the last time he had double-digit steals was 2017. That said, it's a new organization for San Diego. That was going through my head. Not sure if they're a run-happy org or not now. But I do remember a couple of years ago whenever Will Myers was running like crazy, and I remember at that time knowing that like basically every Padre ran. And I didn't really think it to look up to as like who's running the team now versus then. And if that's a philosophy thing, but Xander's 31 now, 
if he ran just a few less times this year than last, or if he gets dinged up, misses a few games, I could easily see him being back in the 10 to 12 steal range. So with that, along with the homers, I think drop, I'm going to under it, but I don't feel strong, but, and I do think it probably will be pretty close, but I'm going to under it. Yep. I'm with you. (laughs) Well, this has been boring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think, um, I, the one thing that does give me pause is I, I do think there's something with the Padres and running like they, they tend to run more than other teams. Uh, they were ninth, I believe in stolen bases, eighth or ninth in stolen bases last year. And if, off the top of my head, the last few years ran more than most teams. I don't have it all in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate. So I could see the stolen bases still being maybe not 19, but more than we're used to out of him, at least from the past. Uh, so that is one thing that gives me a little bit of pause, but I'll say those regress a little bit and the home runs regress. And uh, yeah, I think – I mean, the projection is less. Mm-hmm. You know, it's thirty-two, and he just had thirty-eight. But that's eighty percent. Yeah, I think eighty percent of what he did, basically. Right. Right. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, I'll say slightly under. Um, yeah, it was. It was funny because I was picking these guys. I wasn't like you were saying. You weren't sure why he was on the list. I wasn't really trying to make a list with like specific. It, it was more just guys we haven't talked about and. Um, even forming my opinions as I was kind of looking at the stuff, you know, trying to come up with things. Yeah. You know, I wrote down about 15 names. There was a lot of names I looked at and then I'd see their stat cast or their projection. I'm like, actually, that seems like it's about right. I don't have a strong take on it. And that's where I kept going through until I found guys. I'm like, no, I really think I feel like I've got a strong opinion on this. So it was, it was a fun. The other thing. The other thing I didn't mess with too much is I know you had Montgomery, but I don't I don't really ever put any weight and maybe this is wrong of me, I'll I'll fully admit, but I don't ever put any weight into pitching projections. It's harder. I I feel like they're way off. Like if you look at if you really go through and look at pitching projections, uh I've seen so many guys that are just it just it just doesn't make any sense a lot of them a lot of them so um I thought the Montgomery one was fine like in line but uh I've seen ones where like good pitchers are projected for ERAs in the mid fours and yeah I like, it just it's I just never ever look at them. I don't look at them. You know, I'm with you. I did. I I gave real consideration to not even looking at pitchers for this for that for a very similar reason. It was like a you know pitching projections are just weird in general. Yeah, it's much yeah. easier to look at bats and form strong opinions. I most I more so even mean when I'm drafting too, like thinking about, um, you know how how I'm building my offense and stuff, but. When I'm building my staff, I'm not doing it at all based on sets of projections, really. Mm-hmm. Because I just think, you know, you obviously have to factor in innings pitched. Um, you know, everybody has 
their strikeout love, you know, strikeout upside and downside and all that. And you factor in health and those things, but um, I just feel like the ERA and and WHIP projections and even innings. It's like project whatever you want in innings on any pitcher, you're going to be wrong on almost all of them. Yeah, you know, it's just it, like random guys get hurt, random random things happen with that and. Um, I think it's obviously you want to pay attention to like K rates and walk rates and yes. where they're at in rotation and stuff. But yeah, it's projections with pitching. I just think they get messy. Completely with you. Completely with you. Now I, I picked one, I think, but yeah, for the most part, yeah, they are very, very tough for the reasons you said. You just, there's, it's just so much of a wider range of outcomes, even if they're healthy. It's just such a wide range. Okay. Um, any final words before we do close this out? Do you have any other thoughts or anything else jump out no, to you? No, I, uh, I think we'll get to the, what is it, AL West Yeah. next? Yeah, we get to talk about the Angels for a little while. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, well, we could have we could have put them in the in a, or in the AL Central. They they they're very <laughs> fitting, actually. Put they're more depressing than the than the Royals and and um, White Sox. Maybe they're at least yeah. We have, there's at least three really good teams in that division. Thank so. God. We'll we'll yeah. try to do the Angels fast. It's like every yeah. If we're gonna crap on the Angels there for, at the end though, that's for sure. <laughs> there are some good teams. Yeah, but definitely. I guess we got the Angels and the A's. So yeah, yeah. No, oh jeez, it's gonna end sour. But yeah, like you said, at least there's three good teams. Yeah. So all right, well, thank you guys for listening. This was a lot of fun. And until next time, take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. Once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 